Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In the previous program, I mentioned about our president, that is, for those of us in the United States of America, our president Donald Trump's statement concerning Hong Kong and how that was actually inciting communist China to invade Hong Kong, Hong Kong, China, with its army and with its gangsters and thugs and paramilitary and so forth. But I wanted to elaborate on that ever so slightly in this program to begin with and then move on to other things. So Chinese officials have stated that the Hong Kong protesters were starting to show the first signs of terrorism. That's right, terrorism. Well, the terrorism that's been committed has been by the communist Chinese regime, but what the Hong Kong protesters have been protesting most vociferously has been Hong Kong citizens being spirited away to the communist Chinese mainland by communist Chinese contracted thugs, gangsters, secret police, and so on and so forth. Oh, but the protesters, they're guilty of terrorism. Well, never fear, people. You have a friend, a champion in the president of the United States of America. Yes, the rest of the nations, the free nations in the free world, they may not do anything other than wring their hands if they do that. But certainly the president of the United States of America, he will stand staunchly on your side because... After all, he is big on trade tariffs and so forth. Well, maybe not so much. No, President Trump, he stated earlier that concerning these protests, pro-democracy protests, pro-freedom protests, Concerning those protests in Hong Kong, so many of the protesters being students, high school students, college students, and so forth, unlike the variety of college protesters we had back in the United States of America, back in the good old days, notably in Berkeley, University of California, so many of them were not only of the designation of part-time students, but they were so part-time that they weren't students at all, and they were communist agitators, and many of them were in the employ of the Soviet Union. But I digress. So here concerning these protests by actual students who were protesting for freedom from the communist regime, our president, Donald Trump, that great champion of freedom, he stated 
that the United States of America would stay out of an issue that was between Hong Kong and China. Doesn't that warm the cockles of your heart? We're going to stay out of this because this is between Hong Kong and China. This is just a little bit reminiscent of Neville Chamberlain, British Prime Minister, and Lord Halifax, right-hand man, staying out of the matter of Hitler's Nazi regime rolling into Rhineland, Germany, that they were prohibited from doing and militarizing it. Just a little bit, just a wee bit reminiscent of Neville Chamberlain and Lord Halifax and the leaders of France and the other European nations, all signatories of the Treaty of Versailles that just stood back and watched while Hitler's Nazi regime annexed Austria and then took Sudetenland, that portion of Czechoslovakia, and used that as a springboard to invade all of Czechoslovakia after these great leaders for freedom had coerced Czechoslovakia into allowing Hitler to take Sudetenland, the most defensible part of Czechoslovakia from Czechoslovakia, on his pledge, on his promise that he would not engage in further land grabs and aggression. That worked out well, didn't it? But here, our president, instead of even merely remaining mute concerning this matter, no, he has to go ahead and actively, proactively encourage communist Chinese aggression and violence against the people of Hong Kong, largely Cantonese Chinese people and largely Cantonese-speaking people of Hong Kong to encourage aggression against them, encourage violence against them because this is an issue that is between Hong Kong and China. We're going to stay out of this. The United States of America is going to stay out of this. What could possibly come about as a result of that? Could that even conceivably encourage communist China to engage in just that very thing? Aggression, violence, terrorism against Hong Kong. Oh, no, absolutely not. Our president, he only wants to encourage peace and prosperity, doing a bang-up job of it, I must say. Meanwhile, a couple leaders of these terrible, dreadful terrorist protests, Joshua Wong, 22 years of age, who has been at the forefront of the pro-democracy, pro-freedom protests since he was 14 years of age and has been imprisoned, has been threatened, has been violently attacked. 
He and Agnes Chow, also 22, involved in this pro-democracy, pro-freedom movement since they were 14 years of age. Well, they're not in line for any Nobel Peace Prizes. No, no, no. The Nobel Organization. Let's see. Who should we honor? Oh, how about this 16-year-old Swedish girl who cut classes, skipped school, and stands and sits and parades outside of such and such a meeting of political leaders to protest their failure to stop global climate change in its tracks. She deserves the Nobel Prize. Great work. World Government Regime Promoting Organization, Nobel Organization. Always champions of peace, which is why they have awarded such wonderful advocates of peace as Dr. Henry Kissinger, Yasser Arafat, People of that tenor. But meanwhile, Wong and Miss Chow, they were arrested. And what were they charged with, I wonder? What could they possibly have been charged with? Well, participating, get this, they were charged. These are the official criminal charges. They were charged with participating in and inciting others to join an unauthorized protest. Oh my, can't do that. An unauthorized protest. So the communist puppet regime in Hong Kong, which answers to the communist regime of bloody red communist China, it would not authorize this protest. And so they were involved with participating in it and thereby inciting others to take part in it. So they were arrested. They are out on bail. That will last about a blink of time. But meanwhile, Mr. Wong, 22-year-old young man, Joshua, who again has been at the forefront of this movement since he was 14 years of age. And no, he was not one of those 14-year-old that you see that are, oh, I don't know, six foot two and 200 pounds. No, not exactly. Not this fellow. But Joshua Wong, he is big on the inside, not on the outside. He is strong on the inside, not on the outside. You'll never confuse him with the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone or any of those. No, no. No, nor John Cena, who is busily promoting the sodomite agenda and so forth. No, no. No, and certainly not deserving of a Nobel Peace Prize. Heavens. But this young man, he happened to attempt to run for office in Hong Kong. Oh, that's unforgivable, isn't it? He attempted to run for office last year. But the communist puppet regime in Hong Kong, answering to the communist regime in mainland China, it disqualified him because 
of the stance of his organization that he founded, which goes by the name of Demosisto. I may be mispronouncing it. And it is a group that he formed in 2016 to promote, to advocate for self-rule, self-determination, freedom, democracy. He was disqualified because his group, Demosisto's official platform, its stance, standing for self-determination. Isn't that interesting? So here he is in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, which was outrageously, cowardly, ceded to bloody red communist China by Great Britain. Well, not so Great Britain. Not Great Britain. Just Britain. Ceded even though Britain had permanent ownership of Hong Kong. They gave it to communist China. What a wonderful thing to do. To hand this over to the single most bloody, murderous regime that has ever existed on the face of the earth. Great work, Britain. Really top shelf. But here he is, this young man in Hong Kong, who has been conscientiously objecting to the enslavement of the place of his residence, his life, his birth, his future, since he was 14 years of age. He attempts to run for office. He is prevented. His party, which he founded three years ago, is banned, is prohibited. And here we are in the United States of America. Well, here I am. Perhaps you are in not Great Britain. Perhaps you are in France, Germany, Italy, Spain, or some other not great nation, like not Great Britain and not great United States of America. And lo and behold, of course, we have Communist Party. We have Communist Party on our ballots. We have Communist Party running for president of the United States of America. Not just for this little thing and that little thing, but president of the United States of America, Communist Party candidates. In Hong Kong, China, Hong Kong, which had been independent, Britain allowed it great autonomy while Britain had it, but then it gave it to communist China to enslave it. There, lo and behold, you can't have democracy candidates. No, no, no. You can't have self-determination candidates. You can't have candidates espousing, proposing, promoting autonomy for Hong Kong. No, that's forbidden. But we, enlightened people of the West of the free nations, the developed nations. 
we, of course, roll out the red carpet for communism, fascism, Islamo-fascism, to come in to use every advantage to take over our free nations. Oh, it is so enlightened. It is so advanced. And President Trump is doing such great work here. We and the United States of America, the commander-in-chief of the United States of America, says that the U.S. of A., will stay out of this issue and any other issue pertaining to Hong Kong because these things, these are between Hong Kong, which has no defense, and communist China's regime. Bravo. Bravo, Mr. President. Really outstanding. Meanwhile, again, the president, the same president, and concerning Communist China. It is just breathtaking. He said the following, quote, This isn't my trade war. This is a trade war that should have taken place a long time ago. Somebody had to do it. And looking toward the heavens, he said, I am the chosen one. End quote. Looking towards the heavens is not in the quote. Okay, but, okay, isn't that remarkable? So on the one hand, this president, Donald Trump, he states that the United States of America will stay out of this issue, any other issue pertaining to Hong Kong, because Hong Kong, that's China's business. It's between Hong Kong and China. Between defenseless, helpless Hong Kong, formerly independent Hong Kong, and the communist Chinese regime. Quote, between Hong Kong and China, end quote. But this same gallant, brave, visionary president, he says, somebody had to do it. Quote, somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one, end quote. Concerning the previous quote, Quote, this isn't my trade war. This is a trade war that should have taken place a long time ago. End quote. Then, quote, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to engage in this trade war with communist China. And, quote, I am the chosen one. End quote. So, our president, that is the president of the United States of America, he tells the world, after looking towards the heavens, that he is the chosen one. It reminds me of a movie I haven't seen. <laughs> I know that has got to sound just a little bit strange, doesn't it? But I have seen the title of the movie. I have seen an image of the promotion material of the movie, and I have read the synopsis of the movie. And... <laughs> 
I think it was called The Golden Child or whatever. I might have seen just a snippet of it. But anyway, this matter of I am the chosen one, you know, the golden child was the chosen one. It just reminds me of that. I am the chosen one. And of course, that happened to be not in China. I think that was in Tibet, which which communist China lays claim to militarily, violently. But our president or the president of the United States of America I keep falling into that our president because I'm in the United States of America. Apologies, world. But I am the chosen one to engage in trade war. But he is also the chosen one to turn his back on communist China's aggression and violence against Hong Kong, and to encourage it, to tacitly encourage it, to welcome it, to condone it, to reward it. That's between Hong Kong and China. That's between Hitler and Czechoslovakia. That's between Hitler and Austria. That's between Hitler and Poland. That's between Hitler and Rhineland. President Trump. Let's give him a Nobel Peace Prize, shall we? I mean, such an outstanding leader. It's just hard to imagine how one could be better. But, meanwhile, speaking of the president and his chosen status, how about his chosen BFF? Which, I don't quite understand the acronym, but it's Best Friend for life or forever but i think of four life so then i want to throw an l on at the end but best friend forever none other than kim jong-un kim young-un the vicious murderous rapacious horrible dictator third in the line of kims that have savaged north korea President Trump's BFF. Well, what is this wonderful BFF up to? You know, I mean, he has fired off rockets, short-range ballistic missiles. Last count, it was at least five times, very recently, very provocatively. And the president of the United States of America just dismisses it. Oh, well, that's just regular stuff, I believe is his wording. That's just regular stuff. That it's, you know, it's nothing. It's nothing. Just water off the president's back. <laughs> Ducky back. But, yes, meanwhile, BFF, Kim, according to a report from the Defense Intelligence Agency, going back all the way to 2017... So, in other words, probably shortly after this president took office, that report concluded that Kim Jong-un's North Korean communist regime had, past tense, had produced miniaturized nuclear warheads 
to insert into its ballistic missiles. It concluded that, this secret report that managed to surface, (laughs) it concluded that back in 2017. And so what has happened now? Now, here we are, two-thirds of the way through 2019. Now, Japan has concluded that it is possible, not that North Korea has done it, or had done it, but it is possible that North Korea has accomplished this feat. Oh, my. Just outstanding that they're keeping tabs on these things the way they are. Before I continue, permit me to say, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and good and true in this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus. And whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that's on me. But, there was a movie made, oh goodness, years ago, years ago, featuring an actress that I happened to like, but the title of that movie was Fatwa. Right, kind of a fatwa. They've, you might say, a death sentence, a death contract, a murder contract, right? Uh, by the Islamists, by the Islamist terrorists. But in this movie, there was a very interesting opening to it. And so I'm just going to quote this tiny little portion which was taken by the movie makers from a speech by then-President George W. Bush. These are his words spoken by him directly, direct quote. He was addressing Congress at the time, and of course, much more importantly, the American people— and all of the peoples of the free world and of the world in this address. So, he referred to radical terrorists. (laughs) You know, Islamist terrorists. Islam. For some reason, he couldn't manage to mouth those words. No, because after all... The Islamist terrorists, I'm getting to the quote, I'm not there, but the Islamist terrorists, they hijacked Islam. Remember Condi Rice, Condoleezza Rice? Oh my, oh, these Islamist terrorists, they perverted Islam. They hijacked Islam. Really? Let's go back to dear old Prophet Muhammad, false Prophet Muhammad, and you will find that these Islamist terrorists are in lockstep following their visionary leader, their monstrous, murderous, rapacious, bloody terrorist leader, Muhammad. But I digress. So quoting from this, just portions, snippets here, they, and they meaning these so-called radical terrorists, 
not Islamist terrorists, but radical terrorists, quote, they want to overthrow existing governments in many Muslim countries, such as Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Jordan. End quote. So they want to overthrow existing Islamist regimes and replace them with even more aggressive Islamist regimes. Oh dear, what a terrible thing. Quote, they want to drive Israel out of the Middle East. End quote. They want to drive Israel out of the Middle East? Is that what the Islamist terrorists want to do? Is that what Muhammad wanted to do? To drive them out of the Middle East. Let's drive them to Europe. Let's drive them to Britain. Let's drive them to North America, South America. That's what we want to do. We want to drive them away. That's all we want to do. We don't want to slaughter them. We don't want to murder them. We don't want to destroy them. We don't want to annihilate them. Heaven forbid. No, 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 no. Because after all, Islam is a religion of peace. They want to drive Israel out of the Middle East. Those are George W. Bush's words. Those are George W. Bush's lies. But there are more. This was indoctrination served up for the world. Quote, they want to drive Christians and Jews out of vast regions of Asia and Africa, end quote. Really? Is that what they did in Sudan during the George W. Bush presidency? No. No, no. Instead, they slaughtered more than two million Sudanese black Christians. They hacked off the men's arms, used them to play drums, crucified what was left of their bodies, hacked off nursing mothers' breasts so they couldn't nurse their babies, slaughtered and murdered all of the adults eventually after having gang-raped the women and the young women, and took the youngest for their slaves. The little boys made slaves for hard labor and to be turned into terrorists. The little girls down to ages like eight years of age just following the lead of Prophet Muhammad, raped and used as concubines and wives. That's what they did in Sudan. They want to drive Christians and Jews out of vast regions of Asia and Africa, end quote, according to the President of the United States at that time, George W. Bush, who claimed to be a conservative among other things. But moving right along, quote, they are the heirs of all the murderous ideologies of the 20th century, end quote. Lies, lies, lies. They aren't the heirs. They are the precipitators. They preceded the communist regimes. They preceded 
the fascist regimes. <laughs> they were the forebears. This goes back to Muhammad and his attempts to annihilate all Christians and Jews, eradicate Christianity and Jewry from the face of the earth. But moving on, quote, they follow in the path of fascism, Nazism, and totalitarianism, and quote, lies from the president then of the United States of America, delivered to Congress, but broadcast to the people of the world. They don't follow the Islamist fascists, the Islamist terrorists, the Islamist monstrous satanic destroyers of Christians and Jews and all whom they view as opposition, as competition, as possible threats to their goals, their objectives of worldwide enslavement or hegemony. They do not follow. They lead the way, going back to Muhammad, the most monstrous, murderous, bloody, rapacious, torturous destroyer of all history. But, again, our president at that time, George W. Bush, made this great statement. Really outstanding. But, moving along, perhaps you heard, perhaps you saw that certain Democrats in the U.S. Senate reproached the United States Supreme Court for being so horribly, monstrously conservative. (laughs) They did. They did. Yes, it's just so horribly, terribly, monstrously conservative. And that they need to mend their ways or they will punish them. And, lo and behold, umpty ump, Democrat presidential candidates have voiced the same, those that are not U.S. Senators. Of course, we have many of these luminaries who are currently serving the public in the United States Senate. But some of these who excoriated the Supreme Court are not presidential candidates. I don't know why not. I mean, there's plenty of room for more. Ones like, oh, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut. Dick Durbin, Richard Durbin, Illinois. Democrat presidential candidate, Kirsten Gillibrand. Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island. But, again, other luminaries. You know, the likes of Kamala Harris, or Kamala Harris, but I like Kamala Harris myself. I prefer that pronunciation. 
Pardon me. And then there is Cory Booker booking it to the White House, Cory of New Jersey, and Elizabeth, Dr. Elizabeth Warren, Dr. American Indian Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. She has, in case you take issue with that title, Native American, if you prefer, but she has described herself as being American Indian. Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, luminary from Harvard and other such august places. And then there is Beto O'Rourke, rocker Beto (laughs) O'Rourke, congressman uh, from Texas. Yes, I mean, there are others. I don't mean to leave any out. So let's also mention, yes, sodomite mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Pete Buttigieg. It's spelled something more like Buttigieg, but proper pronunciation is supposed to be Buttigieg. So, yes, we need to expand the court. We need to pack the court, pack the Supreme Court the same way that Franklin Delano Roosevelt attempted to do. That's right, but was prevented from doing. It nearly cost him dearly, nearly dearly, as in impeachment. But all these luminaries, they want to pack the court. Let's increase the membership from merely nine judges, or justices, if you prefer, I don't like the term justices because it implies justice (laughs) and there is nothing just about these judges. But let's increase it from nine to 15. Let's add six more judges, six more corrupt, wicked judges to the court so we can get our way. This is leftism personified. This is leftism of the most brilliant, enlightened form. Isn't it, really? You know, again, there are all of these political activist organizations headed up, run by, and at least empowered and facilitated by armies of lawyers funded by leftist foundations, left and grown by former tycoons. There are different titles. Tycoons is one. These great, great leaders of industry who left massive amounts of money behind to be used for good works to salve their consciences. (laughs) But in any case, these funds have grown and grown, and they are used almost exclusively for extreme leftist agenda 
promotion, and activism. Whether that happens to be legalization of, induced abortion, wanton, premeditated, torturous murder of the only completely, utterly, totally innocent members of society, even while they are supposed to be being protected within the sanctity of their mother's wombs. And with their mothers being sexually violated in order to accomplish this great end. But, of course, we have these wonderful feminists promoting this. And let's have that. Let's have that be free from any interference of any kind right up to the due date, right up to the moment of birth. And if the baby is born alive, put it in a bucket over there and put a wet towel over it so it will drown. But that happens very rarely because, again, they're usually ripped apart within their mother's womb, the skull crushed, and so forth. But we must never see these images because that would be, oh my gosh, that's domestic terrorism to show that on TV. Now, mind you, if we are fighting against smoking, the evils of smoking, or now vaping, or any of these things, it doesn't matter how gruesome they want to get. You know, they can get as gruesome, as artistically gruesome as they care to choose to be. But with regard to showing actual, factual, induced abortion procedures and results, that is absolutely verboten. Always has been. That's right, even before legalization. But let's pack that court so that we will always have these great things. And of course, so-called marriage perversion of marriage of sodomites. An absolutely, utterly, total impossibility. But let's, let's make sure that we keep that. So they work and work and work, their lawyers do, with enormous funding and with armies of lawyers. They keep throwing these cases back up to the Supreme Court until something sticks. They just keep throwing it against the wall until something sticks. And when they finally get the decision to go their way, then they declare this is closed. This is definitively decided. This can never again be questioned. Never. It cannot be appealed. It cannot be revisited. It is established, codified law, and it is unassailable. Fascinating the way they work. But then, oh dear, time passes, and they lose just a fraction of their edge on the court. And now, oh, we need to pack the court so that we can get things our way. By hook and by crook. Gross dishonesty. Outrageous intellectual dishonesty. And they are supported. They are encouraged. They are promoted. They are assisted. 
empowered, enabled by all of the forces of leftism in order to accomplish all of their evil ends, all of which are merely facets of the ultimate end, which is to utterly destroy this nation. But that's what we need to do is pack the court and we have plenty of Democrat presidential candidates who will lead the fight, bravely, courageously lead this fight. Oh, let's bring back Franklin Delano, shall we? Meanwhile, outstanding Democrat, Yes, Gavin Newsom used to be mayor, visionary mayor of San Francisco. Once upon a time, he was married to Kimberly Guilfoyle, who last I knew was girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr. Live in, plaything, beautiful woman, lawyer, you know, girlfriend, what have you, lover. Uh, lovers and other strangers and so forth of Junior after Junior's divorce from his wife. But Gavin Newsom, yes, he, the leader, the visionary leader of California, that great, 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 not great state. I can say that I'm from there, okay? Not great state. It is a fabulous piece of real estate, all right? To put it in a very stupid, ridiculous, secular way. But it is a fabulous piece of land and fabulous coastline, fabulous natural treasure created by God Almighty. But this state has been corrupted and defiled and ruined and destroyed very, very largely by Democrat politicians, such as Gavin Newsom. Well, what is dear old Gavin up to anyway? Well, the question, and this goes back a ways, I mean, heavens, this is a you know month and a half ago, there was a question over whether Gavin would try to prevent President Trump from being on the California ballot. Just fascinating. I mean, again, this is, this is the kind of thing that only Democrats can get away with. Only Democrats can float this. Let's keep him off of the ballot. It is just breathtaking. But anyway... I'm not sure what our dear old Gavin is going to do. Gavin Newsom, governor of Sanctuary State, California. It's too exciting by far. I expect you may well have seen about this young woman, a beauty queen, a little stripling of a woman, Kathy Zhu. She was stripped of the Miss Michigan World America title. She's a student at University of Michigan, extreme leftist University of Michigan, extreme leftist. 
That's what University of Michigan is. But she's a student there, and she is a, if nothing else, she's got gumption. She does. She was accused of committing terrible, egregious wrongs, including, quote, offensive, insensitive, and inappropriate remarks, making them via social media. And she has a following, don't they all? And she is an influencer, and they were saying that she had 80,000 followers, which, again, is a drop in the bucket compared to the likes of so many others, whom I shall not name today. But... What struck me about this was, one, her naivete, to think that this is something surprising, shocking about this. There's nothing remotely surprising or shocking about it. She is a supporter of Donald Trump. He's her kind of guy. And, you know, there are some things, emphasis on some, some things that the Trump administration has backed and has done that have been somewhere between mildly impressive all the way up to exemplary. Some. And then there are so many things that have come out of the president's mouth and the president's mind and that have been done by the president and the president's men and women that have been something shy of those. But, oh, she is just this great backer of Donald Trump. Meanwhile, if she knew anything about the beauty contests, the beauty pageants, the scholarship pageants under the leadership of now President Donald Trump, she might have pause to uh, (laughs) think otherwise given how he punished girls more beautiful than she, and she's lovely, uh, but more beautiful than she, who made the egregious error of speaking against the sodomite agenda. But anyway, she was stripped of her crown and of her ability to compete in this capacity because of her terrible remarks, such as, and via tweet, of course. I mean, after all, her guy is Donald Tweeter Trump, but Quote, there is a try a hijab on booth at her university. She says college campus. A try a hijab on. So you're telling me that it's now just a fashion accessory and not a religious thing? Or are you just trying to get women used to being oppressed under Islam? Uh, End quote. And she said that it was getting women used to being oppressed. Rightly so, I might add. (laughs) Right, she's correct. But, again, this young woman, just, you know, making terrible incendiary statements and being stripped of this title. Meanwhile, we've all seen about the terrible, monstrous, murderous attacks that took place in El Paso, which resulted in 20 people murdered, Maybe more have died by this time. 
and of the one in Dayton, Ohio, where nine people were murdered, including the murderer's sister, whom he deliberately set out to murder. And then our president, or the president of the United States of America, he stated, quote, In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy, end quote. Even though this white young man murdered his white sister deliberately, premeditatedly. Uh, I just think that's, it struck me as odd, strange, among other things. But who can know the mind of the Donald? I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you.